millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Did you take a selfie? Absolutely not. Episode 207 of 20 Minute Times, and I am joined on this episode by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Good evening. Good evening. How are we both lads? Not bad. We've uh, braved the storm, but not really braved. What is a storm? Kira? Kiara? It's Kira, I believe, but I can't read it without thinking of Sierra, as in that. That one, two step song? Yeah, the sort of, but not really, semi popular R&B singer. You mean not Rihanna? Yeah, not the the other one that's not Rihanna. The the, the one that wasn't until Rihanna came along. Melly, how was it at, uh, well, is it Broadwood? Still Broadwood, yes. How was was it at Broadwood? Wild conditions, but. Selick came away with the results. Okay. Oh, spoilers! Come on, oh, no, we talk about it. I was watching. Uh, I was watching the Clyde game on telly, and I thought it's great that Clyde have got that enormous stadium to play in. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. how many people does that hold? About eight thousand or something. Aye, must be. Yeah, uh, it's, it's ridiculous, man. Melly, uh, we're going. To, we've got two games to talk about today. We've got the Motherwell game and the Clyde game, both of which you produced an excellent Melly at the match reaction podcast. Um, we do extra stuff like that on our Patreon. It's patreoncom slash 20 times uh, If you like what we do in the Monday podcast and you want some extra podcasts from us, just check that out. Starts at about two quid, and um, and then we've got we've got more stuff coming up, Stephen. Yes, busy old week. In the coming days, we will see the return of the History Boys abroad with uh, another fine podcast from them. This time, they're focusing on a Grade A Gold Star Celtic baller from oh. the past. It's Jimmy McGrory, oh, unmissable. So watch out for that coming out in the coming days. Uh, we've also got part two of having a ranks top ten Celtic moments of the two thousand and tens. Now. Part one with moments 50 to 26 is already available and this just wraps it up. This wraps up the the best moments of Celtic's decade that's just closed. Um, I haven't heard it yet. I'm looking forward to it. I want to consume that as a punter. (laughs) (laughs) We've had 23 podcasts out on the Patreon in 2020 already um, and plenty more to come. But this is the Monday Night Podcast. This is the bread and butter, the foundations for everything we do. (laughs) Yes, it is. And we've got a couple of games to talk about. First up, I suppose, though, we should address the hot topic from last week that we didn't get a chance to address because it happened just after us. Um, do you guys know anyone that can speak Spanish? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, Fluently. Yeah. I, it turns out more than one person in the world can speak Spanish. So if you're going to do a translation on Sky Sports and you're going to put it out to the public, someone's going to read that that can speak Spanish and go, that's not what Melo said. <laughs> but I mean... To my, it's not like it's some niche language. It's not like, <laughs> I, and as far as the you know, British speakers go, it's not like Japanese or Korean or something mm-hmm. like that. Quite a lot of people speak Spanish out there, so the idea that anyone thought that that could that would fly without anyone noticing, uh, we are of course referring to the uh, 
Translate Gate. Translate Gate, yeah, as they the call it. previous week, where, in which an, an, a hapless Alfredo Morelos was grossly misrepresented in the press, having said quite a few things that he didn't. Um, I, what I love is Rangers just continually, as we said before, punching themselves in the <laughs> face with this. I was, I was speaking to someone who said, you know, he was a Rangers fan, and he says, oh, I heard from blah, 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 that the problem was that... Morelos speaks like Colombian Spanish and the translator on hand could only speak Spanish Spanish so it was like someone from the Isle of Lewis having a conversation right, with someone right, from okay. Liverpool and I was like doesn't make sense no <laughs> that that doesn't make sense what happened was Melee Alfredo Morelos gave an interview and someone just wrote just went write down Celtic fans are racist <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it <laughs> and that's what they put out yeah. um, I gotta admit I did like Celtic's statement though I liked how the very thing they wanted was clarity and they wanted Sky Sports to look into this. And number three, they go, and Mr. Morelos deserves an apology. Yeah. Aye, he does. Celtic are the only ones sticking up for Morelos in this case, <laughs> by the looks of it. Rangers have been strangely quiet on this <laughs> yeah. one. Nothing to say when they're usually very, very chatty. Mm. Very unlike them for a, for a change. Oh, it is a change, isn't it? Aye, it's usually, yeah. even if they win, they're out there with statements after statements. Um, and this obviously prompted... A, a response from BBC correspondent Michael Stewart, who's oh. become a, a, a sporting commentary martyr of sorts, Stephen, in the past couple of weeks. Yes, good night, sweet prince. Uh, <laughs> Michael Stewart is no longer with us in a punditry sense, by the looks of it. Uh, well, he's, he's on BT. Uh, yeah, we all heard that at the time. Obviously, we record around about the same time as Sports Sound would be being recorded mm. as well. Uh, so we're not really party to what they're talking about, but we all heard shortly after we had wrapped that something had happened, something yeah. was afoot <laughs> over on BBC Towers, and the podcast never came out. Um, That's right. It, it never, ah, never just... appeared. Um, we were all sitting waiting for it, wait, hanging by the phone, hanging by the telephone. We were the next day and it never arrived. Uh, we thought all sorts of chat about what Michael Stewart had um, allegedly said about certain members of the press, <laughs> and member, members of PR departments <laughs> in, in Glasgow. Now, it, it's a complicated issue, this. I think, I think the BBC were forced into some kind of action over it because Michael Stewart I mean I'd kind of come back a wee bit on Michael Stewart I used to not really like him that much because he, he's he's too easily wound up yes but that that can be a good and a bad thing at times for him but I think this time it got away from him and he started shooting off the top of his head about certain things and forgot that he's on a BBC platform and, and they are subject to certain rules and, and I, guidelines I think he, he he went he went right after Jim Trainer yeah. called, called Jim Trainer a bully and all sorts and a dangerous character a dangerous I character like that. I mean, <laughs> Jim Trainer he does look a bit like um, Edward Cobblepot from uh, Batman <laughs> Return you know Danny Oswald Dewey, Oswald Cobblepot you know that just giving the monocle in the top <laughs> um, I, he really does do you <laughs> Um, and it, you know everyone on Celtic Twitter, everyone on Scottish football Twitter, mainly knows who and what Jim Trainer is. And it was just one of these things where you're looking at it from an outsider and you go, "That guy's probably paid about three hundred grand a year precisely to stop Rangers embarrassing themselves in the press." Yeah. And every <laughs> single time he gets his hands on a story, he makes it ten times worse. What did we say a couple of weeks ago, Stephen? Stepping on rakes. Ah, yeah, yeah. I just walking around. I, a step punching themselves in the face and B stepping on rakes. I liked uh, Graham Spears getting involved as well. He oh, couldn't, couldn't resist a dig. He was talking about how Rangers should really do themselves a favour and get a young, a bit more modern head of their PR department mm. instead of a, a forty years in the business blowhard. Is that what you called it? A forty years in the business blowhard with deep seated grudges against everyone in the press. Do you know what? Do you know what I, I think when I see this though? I do feel I feel I do feel mortified, Melly, because can you imagine Liverpool, Man U, Spurs, 
Chelsea, any of these teams down there. <laughs> I mean, obviously Mourinho has his antics, but can you imagine some guy who's just paid to sit behind a desk and shut up? Can you imagine any of this happening in an actual league? <laughs> <laughs> it's what makes Scottish football so exciting every week. It's just it's funny how it comes out just after they've dropped a lot of points, obviously. He knows what he's doing, he's trying to back everybody into a corner. He's been doing it since the end of last year, right through yeah. this year. And he's just looking stupid time and time again. It's all like, look, it's been a pretty embarrassing week for the Scottish press. You know, people have been calling out people. It's been a bit of a bit petty, a bit war. That's all going to calm down, no, because Craig White's book is out next week. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there'll be no revelations in that about journalists, about what they said and who said. I've seen, um, I seen the Daily Record's chief sports guy came out to preemptively defend himself against any stories that are going to come out mm. it's never a good sign that is no, <laughs> before the story arrives you're already going is it true is it true <laughs> honest is a lie I dumped her and I don't care what she says <laughs> I dumped her <laughs> um, okay, and it's, it's again Melly you're right it is what it is what Scottish football does best doesn't it just making a complete tit of itself but if listener like us, you are tired of the way it's covered and you find the whole thing a bit tedious, can I point you in the direction of our Patreon? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and just to finally close up this little aside section, will any of us be buying Craig White's book? I uh, think I'm going to. Like, we didn't have the podcast when all that Rangers stuff no, started, no. so we sort of missed on that wave of all those bloggers and all that sort of stuff. But um, I think I've got to buy it. Mm. I, just because I think it's going to give you a good insight into how fawning and desperate the press were at the time to paint a positive picture of Rangers. And I'm sure he'll be telling stories about how the SFA were bending over <laughs> backwards yeah. and all this sorts of stuff and uncover quite a lot. Should be should be hot. And we can get our jokes in just now about how much how many times more the book is going to cost than he paid for Rangers. Yes. Yeah. As well. And quite interestingly enough, you know, there'll be a lot of people defending themselves about Craig White and what Craig White's going to say, but the fact of the matter is I don't think you can write things in a book that aren't true. So <laughs> no, 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 you get sued, you'd be crazy. <laughs> so I expect a lot of lawsuits. Um Celtic v Motherwell. That's what we're really here to discuss. Yeah. Um let's discuss mostly though. Cal McGregor's performance in that day because he was outrageous. Oh yeah, he was just one of his best performances possibly ever for Celtic. Yeah. Just yeah. mesmerising, involved in at least three goals. I think it was just absolutely brilliant. Took his goal extremely well. That was that was an absolutely brilliant goal, Melly. I think you said on Melly at the match that if someone else had scored that, someone across Europe, uh, you'd be talking about that. That that video would be getting shared around for for months on end. He's sort of he's another one, Stephen, that seems to be benefiting a bit from this new formation. He's getting playing a bit of a more advanced role with Scott Brown sitting deeper and he's away up pulling the strings. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that allows for for or freedom to get forward for McGregor. We've already talked about how he's now he's got his best goal record of any any season. And I think he's just sort of quietly going about it. He's just notching goal after goal, whereas other players are certainly getting a lot more plaudits for scoring goals, like Griffiths like Edward, for obvious reasons, and Cham gets his fair share for us but McGregor's right up there as well and it's just a joy to watch it was interesting seeing having watched the highlights back on sports scene since I watched the game they were talking much like we talk about most weeks about how he's just not taken for granted I think that's the, the words that he used but then they kind of walked it back and said you don't really take him for granted but it is the case that you just expect a certain level of performance out of Callum McGregor and you get it and nine times out of ten is unfair because it's like 49 times out of 50 generally <laughs> or as he plays 69 times out of 70 games a season you, you get that eight or nine out of ten from Callum McGregor it's a, he's just so reliable so consistent and so in 
I don't want to lean on words like reliable and consistent because that makes it all sound a bit dull. This yes, guy is it a makes brilliant... it sound like an old coat. Yeah, or something. yeah. He's an absolutely brilliant footballer to boot. The consistency is incredible. I'm just, we all know we had the the tough game at the end of the year, but apart from that, when have you thought McGregor was really poor the day? Yeah, he's right. just always good. He's good and he's always good, and God bless him. That's what I say. <laughs> It's just, a, as you say, a joy to watch just at the game. This guy's everywhere. He's popping yeah. up absolutely everywhere. And he is he is thriving in this new formation. He's got a bit more freedom to get forward with it. But the guy can play number six, number eight, or number ten. He can Not play. number three, though. I don't want to be hearing about that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he can play anywhere in midfield and play it well. But yeah. he's just, right now, where he sat, uh, Brown sat, and him and Cham got a bit more licence to go forward. The two of them are brilliant. Started out as a winger, of course, all, yep. the, all those years ago. Uh, Motherwell, um, I, want to, I want to give them a wee bit of credit because despite the fact they get roundly trounced in this game, going into this game, I am uh, checks notes. I've written potential banana skin here, <laughs> Motherwell. I thought it was going to be a tough game. Well, it was definitely going to be our most difficult away game yeah, of yeah. the run we've got coming up. Absolutely. They've, they've had another really good season, Motherwell. You know, they're obviously not pulling up any trees and they're not going to be in with a shout of really any trophies or certainly no title contention but Stephen Robertson does some job there yeah um, when you think about what Motherwell must spend on a season to season basis especially when compared to the likes of Aberdeen Hearts Hibs to have them in third and fairly comfortable in third at the moment is some going I think Stephen Robinson is one of these guys who but Derek McInnes a couple of seasons ago had reached that kind of peak where he was doing a good job at Aberdeen, very consistent, and then he was starting to talk about for bigger jobs. Sunderland didn't one didn't come through, but there was there was talk about Rangers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course, turned them down. Uh, there was talk about Denny McInnes going on to the next level, and he never did it. And then that was him, Boof, right, right down the other side of the hill. Just his peak had come and gone. So Stephen Robinson might end up getting to that kind of the top of the hill where he might want to think about making his next move. But I think he's he's done a really good job, Motherwell. Started out all right in this game. I thought they were good on the wings. I thought yeah. um, Aaron's and Hilton uh, both had good starts to the game. But uh, Celtic eventually took over. I thought uh, Celtic were absolutely excellent, which we are now about to talk about. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that Cal McGregor is a key part of the Celtic side. He leads in total passes in the league. He's yeah. third in the entire league in pass completion. He's just so clinical. And a lot of the passes he plays, he's not always taking the easy option, but he's always no. available. He's always, always, always available. And he's super mobile. I just... Um, it's one of these ones where you're looking at him and going, is Callum McGregor one of the most crucial players in our team outside Edward, do you think? Oh yeah, I would definitely sure. agree with that. Yeah, our first name in the team sheet, I know we say that about probably six yes. players right enough, but uh, Callum McGregor is absolutely crucial to the way Celtic play. I know they can, that well, as we found out against Clyde, we can still win without him, but that was the first time we've seen any opportunity to win without Callum McGregor all season because he plays absolutely <laughs> every game. Callum McGregor, you, you make a good point there about how he's always available and in a sense, he kind of reminds me a wee bit of you know ludicrous uh, comparison alert, but it's not, it's not that bad. Um, Paul Lambert in a way because he was always available to pass to if you gave the ball away it's your own fault because at all times Paul Lambert is there yeah. making space for a pass and it, it, to, to an extent it's the same with Callum McGregor he must be a godsend on that left hand side Melly, because he sort of sometimes plays in what they call a half space but when Bowley or Greg Taylor or well those two especially are looking to take the easy option McGregor's always there to receive it but yeah. there's a guy like Johnny Hayes he knows with a give and go he knows McGregor's going to find him where I pass yeah he does he, he manages to he's, all, he's so good on that half turn getting into space it doesn't take two touches to get himself round it's bang ball in get round and away 
he's tremendous. He can. I think he's going to get more important for Celtic because he's probably going to be the next captain if he oh, stays. Yeah, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. He obviously signed a new deal uh, quite recently, so it could be the most important player for this 10 in a row coming up. Beyond. We haven't Yes, we've banned it. <laughs> That's a podcast fine for me tonight. <laughs> yeah, we've, just uh, in case anyone doesn't know, we have banned all talk of ten in a row yep. in this podcast. Nine first, please. Nine, nine first. Nine first, sorry. Uh, he's going to be <laughs> crucial for Celtic in years to come because Scott Brown's not going to go on forever, no matter how many games we play him in. <laughs> so we're going to need somebody to take on that man. He's a completely different player, Scott Brown, but he... He looks like the next leader in the club. Uh, from the sublime Callum McGregor to the somewhat, um, not ridiculous because that's a bit unfair, but the back three, again, uh, they're a whole basket of cats. <laughs> the at basket times, of cats, we have they? mentioned that a couple of times recently. It seems hard to focus on that because Celtic kept a clean sheet, but it seemed to be in spite of the, yeah. the back three that night. Um, it wasn't just them, in fairness, because James Forrest and Scott Brown had one or two quite bad passes into our half as well at times. It wasn't just them, but they seemed determined all of them to play in Motherwell they they were playing more dangerous passes into our third for Motherwell than do you know what it is though the comeback for Dubai they're absolutely pissing this league they're like (laughs) I wish somebody gears a game here so Um, the the back three is just again I go back I'm not going to dwell on it too much but I just I think there was room for another centre half in January I I just I've not changed my mind on that I think could have strengthened there don't really want to hear about how how El Hamid and Beaton and all that are there because they're not available Uh, but I'm not going back into that do you think El Hamid's one that could fit in there start playing centre half it's because you know the the player I think we need a bit of a dirty (coughs) player we need someone who's physically aggressive but you know with a bit of experience a bit of a leader and I'm looking and I'm going Hamid could be that guy. He's got a lot of games under his belt. Yeah. He's a bit no nonsense. I've liked what I've seen of him. Um, albeit he's he spent a lot of time in the sidelines. Do you think he he's going to come in? He could be an option on the centre half. I think he could. I think in this formation it would look better with Ayer on the. Well, he plays on the left, even though he is ridiculously one footed, <laughs> yeah. as Stephen says. But on the right hand side, Julian will be in the centre on the right hand side. We've played Jozo, but I think we look better when we had Stephen Welsh, somebody that can play football as well, and either El Hamid or Beaton, because it'd be good to have the two outside centre-halves able to come out with the ball yeah. and spray some passes. The, the back three, is, it's a new formation. I don't think any of them have played in a back three before mm. in their careers, so it might take a wee bit of adjustment. There's some times where they don't know who's going for the header. It's just lack of communication, maybe getting used to it, but it was a clean sheet. And saying that, there maybe one or two passes went astray, but I can only really remember the chance for Aaron's for Motherwell that was the close the closest one that they had to scoring. Oh great save from Foster yeah, as well. Yeah. Just off he kind of just kind of stuck his wrist out and he just he likes to that. deflect he it. He likes yeah, that yeah. one. I thought Aaron's was decent enough. Yeah, yeah, for definitely. Them. Yeah, I think think he looked really dangerous. I think but he's he was, one of those ones you watch him and you go You'd like to think Celtic maybe keeping an eye on him. Yeah, well, if, the, if there's a guy like that available, then I don't see why not. Is it Newcastle? He's on. Yeah, he's on loan from Newcastle. I think right? he had just signed for Motherwell, though, so I think he'd just been thrown straight in and couldn't get a whole ninety minutes out of him. But he looked, he looked pretty sharp in the injuries. That's a good find for them. Um, they because Motherwell, as I was saying earlier about their budget and their restrictions, they seem to lose players all the time. Motherwell and it, it never really. There was a couple of seasons ago where they got to both cup finals and that was a, a cracking achievement for them, lost both to Celtic. Then they lost a couple of players and then finished maybe outside the top six. And mm-hmm. But they seem to have bounced back from that again. So all credit to them. But they have a, a good knack of finding 
decent players at times. I'd be a bit steady on your uh, praise for them as well, but because they could be making a lot more money if they sold more seats. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> this recurring theme of the of the, of the season. This is it, true. It, forget everything I just said about Rolando Aaron's. Well, she's we're talking. I googled him. He's twenty four. Too late. Oh, really? Okay. Absolutely right. too late. I thought he was much younger than that. Right. Uh, um, I said in the group chat that I fancied an early goal for this game and one came through. Who scored it? Who else? Odson Edward. We're running out of things to say. We are not. I've not read enough books to come up with enough <laughs> words to describe how sublime Odson Edward is just now. It's getting so bad. Leaf out Eminem's book and just sit and read that. That's what I'm going to be like Eminem and Eight Mile, just scribbling down <laughs> things to say about Odson Edward. It's getting so bad now that we're running out of ways to say we're running out of ways to yeah, say aye. what how good Edward is because that we basically say that every week now. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. Um, and credit to McGregor for the, his role in that first goal. Obviously, though. I'd uh, give massive credit to Lee Griffiths. That's exactly what I was about to say. Back, yeah. Winning the ball wins back, yeah, back. There's, there's absolutely no need for him to be doing that, but yeah. he chose to do it and run basically into the centre of midfield, get the close down, get the touch on, gives it to McGregor. McGregor out his feet into Edward, gets a bit of luck and then Mr. Freeze again. Just <laughs> it's it, it just on Lee Griffiths there. There's been loads about him obviously recently and on this podcast. But I think now, I think now after this Motherwell game, it's like he's never went away. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, he's he's looked. That was the sharpest he'd look. He looked at yeah. and yeah. maybe he is doing that thing where he, uh, you spoke about a lot, Stephen. That he feels he needs to score to get yeah. the goals. But see if he's putting in the work and there is two of them up front, he maybe doesn't feel he has to do that because if he contributes to setting up a goal, it's kind of the same in that two-striker totally formation because yeah. there's two yeah. of them there. Whereas if it's a straight shootout between the two of them or three or if Bio manage, manages to get back in the four of them for one place up front, he maybe feels pressure to score. But yeah. now where he's up there with Edward, he feels, well, see if I can contribute and sacrifice myself. It doesn't matter yeah. if I don't score ultimately. His form is such that it's, it's a very small sample size, but he's played six games since, well, Celtic came back from the, the break. Since he had to save, save his career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's boydy. Um, <laughs> He's played six games, scored in four of them, so there are only two games that I'm going to talk about here. So again, I appreciate it's a very extremely small sample size, but what I like about Griffiths in these games where he's not scoring is he doesn't look, as you've just been talking about, he doesn't look to be getting on his own back about not scoring. And he seems to be, he seems to be happy about contributing in a way that's beneficial to the team as part of a partnership, as part of the kind of bigger picture when maybe in the past you could maybe have accused, accused is too strong a word, but you could maybe level at Griffiths that he's, He's too focused on scoring at times to the point where if he's not scoring, then he's in a wee bit of a huff. He starts the the head goes down a wee Take bit. Those pot shots. Yeah, he's taking shots from everywhere. But he's not been doing that recently. He seems a lot more comfortable and a lot happier playing alongside a partner, and not only just any partner, a partner who's maybe more more lauded, more in the limelight than he is. And he seems fine with that. I don't know if maybe Lennon has is the credit for that. Maybe he's had a word in his ear saying, Jamie and I talked a wee bit about this in the Friday phone in on Patreon last week. We, maybe Lennon has said, look, you're too good a player to, to let your head go down like that. You can do so much more than just scoring goals. Yeah. He seems to have taken that on board. I'm, again, I'm only speculating there, but he just he looks totally different. Speculate away. For a guy who had a couple of games left to save his career, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's now played as many matches this season as Ryan Kent and scored only one less goal. <laughs> right. So he's definitely he's definitely contributing. It's still a bizarre statement to make. I know it was a while ago now, but save his career as if if he don't score in these next four games, you have to retire. <laughs> or yeah, I, what, like a wrestling match? Yeah. Loser retires. <laughs> 
Um, the first half sort of petered out. I was getting mm. a bit worried uh, that maybe we could let them in it because it did look like they could get in, even though the, the save from Foss, uh, Foster was an absolute great save. They'd one or two flashes across the box. Yeah. Uh, Aaron's was doing well, but when the second half came out, what a performance from Celtic. Just oh, came out right. straight away and absolutely went for him. And that run from McGregor was oh. it's one of those ones you're like, cross it now. And I still going, cross it now. I still going, still going, still going. Takes a look up, puts the ball across, and there's his striker. He's everything is so methodical with the game. From his own half as well. He doesn't yeah. just play in these random balls. Yeah. He looks up, the run, drifts down that left hand side, puts a great ball across, Griffiths in where he has to be, puts it away and then runs away celebrating and then remembers, oh wait, he set me up and then he turns around <laughs> looking for him. Uh, the, the, I don't think Griffiths could believe how much time and space he had though because it, the ball just falls to his, his feet and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, cheers lads. He could have done just, that thing where he just lies down and uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he could believe it because he, he seemed really tense when he received the ball as if like, it probably instinctually, he probably thinks, oh, defenders are closing in on me, but they just, they just weren't. They could put, his stick his it movement was absolutely yeah, brilliant. Yeah. No, he'd done that thing where you take a couple of steps towards the ball, lose the defender, then immediately sort yeah. of peg. I moved away from the microphone. <laughs> Every time I do that, I act it out. You're animated. So, yeah. I sort of pegged, pegged it back. And I'll, we can talk about Klamala and the Clyde game, but I just think that that's the sort of differences between a player like Klamala in the box, a player like. Griffiths yeah. Griffiths has got it all up here as I tap my temple like he's one <laughs> he's one of these players that just instinctively knows how to create a wee bit of space for himself so although he had a lot of time on the ball a lot of that was down to his great movement it was a, it was a decent finish as well he kind of behind him a wee bit and he yeah. popped it away Julian for that goal as well Julian won the ball back after Encham had given it away quite badly again one of those really poor passes into our third Encham just inexplicably gave the ball away and, and Julian got it back really quickly he freed McGregor inside his own half and off he went uh, Speaking of Encham I think another game Motherwell did, did really well did oh, yeah, really yeah. well I yeah. thought he's just he's just ticking along quite nicely there now we know uh, he's got a bit of competition now with Christie on the way back as well but I thought in Cham McGregor brilliant in there alongside Brown on uh, the other night the only blotch on in Cham's book maybe that miss that would have been <laughs> an absolute <laughs> of course well, well, what we've done on the Twitter we've started the the Olivier and Cham World One sweepstake. Uh, it wasn't too wild. Well, no. f- compared to his usual ones, yeah. it wasn't too wild. But that yeah, this was, was a great a, passing move. This was a totally different category of Encham wild shot. And what we think of as the Encham wild shot is one from about thirty yards where he turns and just thinks, "I'm having this," and he leathers it over the bar. <laughs> Gets like, a big old head of steam yeah, on him, doesn't he? This was just simply a sitter, an absolute mm. sitter. In fairness to him. Watching it back, it does take an awkward bounce just before it arrives him. I don't think he, if anything, he catches it too well yet. But <laughs> I think it came off maybe like the the bone of his ankle rather than rather than the in, his instep, which was unfortunate. But she should still be scoring for their big man. Yeah, it was it was a lovely move. And you, uh, yeah, I think the commentator said when I watched it back, it could have been up there for one of the goals of oh, the yeah, season yeah. if we had done it because it was a smashing move. But you just that would have been three 0 job done. But we didn't have to wait long. No, I thought this one, this other one was pretty much goal of the season because I, I lost count of how many passes was before this, mm. before McGregor ended up sticking at the back of the net. Some brilliant technique, which I thought we had James E. Forrest done okay, bringing the ball he down did, his yeah. chest and he's on his stride. Yeah, yeah, it was very patient play as well because the Cham got to the, the sort of edge of the box and instead of forcing it, we worked it back because we're 2-0 up, we don't need yeah. to force this here. Worked it back, he sort of went back and then the interplay between Christie and Forrest was brilliant. Yeah. Decent ball in and oh, 
the touch and finish was <laughs> that says it all, Melly. No, no need for any words there. Just <laughs> um, Forrest, his ball, before we talk about the finish, his ball was very good because he hadn't been having the greatest of game, but when Forrest took that ball on his chest, he bought himself a wee bit of space. It would have been the easiest thing in the world for him to just smash that into an area. Yeah. That's the area he was in, what you would normally see from a winger is just fire that into the six-yard box. Kind of like we saw from Hayes a few weeks ago at home. Just get it into a dangerous area. But he looks up and finds McGregor right in the edge of the box, which which took an awful lot of awareness and skill from Forrest. That's why he leads the assists table. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not surprised. 12. It seemed like a bit of a... A throwback goal. It's one of those ones you'd see back back in the nineties. After well, a ninety four World Cup thing, nineties, uh, <laughs> just one of those mid to late nineties goals where somebody just smashes it down, volleys it in. And you're like, oh. We need to stop talking about the mid to late nineties because we're really <laughs> aging ourselves on bunch this of, podcast. We've got people that tweet us their usernames like such and such ninety two, and I go, see if that's to you, you were born. <laughs> I know. We know. We know your Celtic does, or we're your Celtic big brothers. If yeah. anything. <laughs> 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 but, uh, I mean the finish the first time I saw it I thought oh he's he's taking a wee bobble there he's, he's first touch sat up maybe a wee bit luckily but see when you see it back he just cushions it he cushions it up oh, for himself I... like when you see the, the angle from behind it's a absolutely perfect first touch whereas in, initially I thought oh, he's, he's just got a wee bit of luck there but not at all Techers as the young yeah, ones would that's say it. that's what the young people were saying <laughs> in about 2011 <laughs> yesterday Celtic have been up Absolutely banging the goals in recently. We've managed to push our goal difference up to 57 yeah. uh, compared to Rangers 45, which people say is like a point. I suppose that's kind of because there wasn't so long ago we were sort of neck and neck with the goal difference, oh, wasn't yeah. it? Was, yeah, we're much further ahead than we were in this time last season. I think I'm positive we have scored more goals than we did in the whole last season, but we're nearly on a total for the league this year. Right? We get- yeah. 77 we got last season in the league. We're on 72 already. Do you remember the beginning of the season when we sat down and we done bold predictions? Yes. I'm not going to review them all, but someone at this table predicted that we would score, I think Stephen, you said over 107 goals? Uh, no, um, uh, it was exactly 107. Was it exactly <laughs> yeah. 107? I wouldn't be as vague as that. Well, we've got 30, 30, how many? 35 goals to score before we right. reach that target. Okay. Um and someone also, I think it might be me, predicted we'd, we'd break the 100 points barrier. Mm. So if, if we're, we're going to have to do it in this league. We're going to have to do it because we're really, really pushing it. There's no denying that we've been flying since we came back uh, from Dubai. And we capped off the scoring in this game wonderfully with uh, another Odson Edward free kick. Question, see if he's that good at free kicks. Why have we been letting other people hit them all season? <laughs> no. I know, it's basically a penalty now. Why don't I we think, let him take penalties as well? I, there, there was... It's weird to get to a point where you just think there's almost no doubt. There's no doubt that he's going to score this. I think you referred to that as on Melly the match as well, Melly. And how you know you're confident about it is because you managed to capture the goal yes, going in, yeah. the, the crowd reaction to the goal, and that's uh, that's on the recording. It just the keeper didn't move at all. The keeper, even the keeper, just chucked it. Just like, oh, can you damn it? <laughs> <laughs> he's hit it off the post. Yeah. So it's there's little. Unless the keeper was standing on the post, he's really got no. no chance to save it. Wall, not much point in the wall either. No. It got it up and over off the post and there was decent pace on it as well. So by the time the keepers looked, it's hit his post and went in. Top three kick scorer in the league, Odds and Edward. How many is that? Two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Good work by Christie in um, winning the free kick. He was scythed down by Declan Gallagher on the, the edge of the box, providing a penalty from outside the box for Elton <laughs> Edward. Brilliant from Taylor as well, though. A lovely bit of skill out on the left-hand side. And he fed in a kind of combination of... Edward and Christie almost got in each other's way, but then kind of split apart and, and combined well to, to make the chance. But Taylor, um, as much as I've talked about Aaron's being good in this game as well, I thought Taylor did pretty well as well. Involved in that... The, the free kick, winning the free kick. And there was a moment really early on where he, he got the better of Aaron's. He just he sort of out-muscled him, which was quite impressive for such a... He's quite a tiny wee guy, Taylor. He just kind of shepherded the ball out of play. So I thought, oh, that's that's quite a good omen for this game. Um, I thought he was pretty good. Obviously, he didn't play in the, the second game of this week. He didn't play against Clyde, but I thought, I thought Taylor deserved a shout. It's good to see the strength in the bench coming back with Ryan Christie come back to fitness, Tom Rogic come back to fitness, Elian Nussi and Bowling Goalie both made appearances back yeah. on the bench. They didn't feature though. Uh, Patrick Kamala, he came on. When, when did he come on again? About 80 odd minutes, was it? Too late anyway. I know, yeah, I, I'm starting to wonder about this. I mean, I'm starting to wonder, Stephen, about these and many of these cameos. That's <laughs> Doesn't seem to be much sense in it. You know, Klamala got a start against Clyde, which we'll talk about, but then Bio came on for what was basically a cameo. Yeah. Um, what do you think the thing behind that is? I don't know. I think Neil Lennon in his first stint as well, I, I always get annoyed at his strange substitutions. Well, I know we're winning and we're scoring lots of goals, obviously, so you, we really shouldn't moan. But the Klamala's been restricted before the Clyde game to 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Like, the game was sewn up long before that. Yeah, long, yeah. long time before that. It's the same in the Clay game, 2-0 at half-time. And we're keeping players on longer than we need to, but it's hard to argue with the guy yeah, when he's yeah. getting the victories in it. That's a 11 domestic away wins. I shouldn't complain, should I? On the trot. No, you <laughs> yeah. shouldn't really complain. Um, it's starting to look a wee bit like Neil Lennon is having a storming season with Celtic, give or take two or three really bad games. Cluj... The Scottish Cup final, we had won it, but we know that was a yeah. bad game. And, and, the, Park and, Rangers, yeah. and the Rangers game at Parkhead. But apart from that, we are just sweeping everybody else aside. Motherwell were third. I mean, that was an away away game to the Potential team. Potential Baranaskin? To, yeah. the third, to, to third in league. <laughs> Motherwell are a team that are definitely punching above their weight before because I had to be a look. They were third from bottom on their average annual wage yeah. all last season. So they're a tough, tough nut to crack, a yeah, tough yeah. cookie. Well, you mentioned a couple of games there that. Um, that you could kind of again it's like blots on the copybook um, with Lennon's season Cluj is obvious and Rangers at Celtic Park but apart from Cluj nothing has really it's not like any games have totally derailed Celtic that no. Cluj is the only one that's had any sort of impact really Livingston Celtic have recovered from fairly of course, easily I uh, forgot about that one there you go hi. and then Celtic have extended the lead ever since losing to Rangers so apart from Cluj it's all, it's all been pretty good stuff really we are fighting melee in all competitions, yes. um, as you alluded to earlier on. That was the league. That was another one in the league. The the Teddy Bears. So they narrowly avoided a draw again to Hibs, which, as we've said in this podcast since the start, one game at a time. Yep. That's another one. Tick it off. We can forget about that. Where are we up next to? Hearts at home? Yeah. Hearts at home on Wednesday, then Aberdeen away on Sunday. So I think Aberdeen's away is looking like the first match we'll not get to this year, unfortunately. That's no going to be that's for me. How do you feel about those two? Because usually those are two tip games where typically you go, they're quite difficult ties, but Hearts have still not really got their act together under Daniel Stendel and Aberdeen seem to be on a downward curve. I think it's going moment. to take a bit of time with, with Stendel. I think he's, there's positive signs there, but he needs. 
He needs a further clear out. He's already gutted all the all the Levine hangers on, but he needs he needs his own players in. Um, they have beaten Rangers, and obviously they've drawn them in the cup. I quite fancied getting Rangers in the cup because I don't want them getting another final. But next best thing, I think Hearts are probably capable of it. They have beaten them quite you know, yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd fancy Celtic against Hearts at home. And Aberdeen, we talk about them as being a potential like, tough opponent all the time, and they never we're are. dynamite, they're yeah, but we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, one game at a time. Let's, yes, not, yep, break our own, let's not break our own thing, but we're absolutely dynamite. Now, um, that allowed us, I suppose, the strength of the bench allowed us to make a lot of changes going into the Clyde game. Yeah, um, the conditions were absolutely wild, Melly. Um, yep. They must eat a lot of crisps and Cumberland because <laughs> that pitch was absolutely mocking, wasn't it? It was bogging. Um, the groundsman not doing a very good job there. Um, how did they? How was the accommodation at Broadwood and Cumberland? Did you get the Celtic fans get most of the stands there? Yeah, did they got? There, well, there's only obviously only three stands. We got two and a, a good bit. There yeah. wasn't as many Clyde fans, obviously. So treated well. Got the tickets. Happy with that. Pretty much a sellout. Six changes for Celtic, but. Same old story. Melly, yep, six changes. Uh, Bain appeared, Bauer appeared, Bowley, Bowling, Goalie and Bombo came in from the wilderness uh, and Cham played. Obviously, Scott Brown played. Yeah, well, well, to give him his full name in this game, Scott Brown for some reason. Yes, yeah. Scott Brown for some reason played. Uh, Soro was on the bench, but he never managed to make to the pitch. And then we saw returns, obviously, for Christie, Elinousi and the debut for Kilmala, as it was uh, <laughs> not on his strip. You, that, that reminded me so much of, um, obviously, everyone will be aware, they, they missed printed his name on the back of his shirt fixed at half time but it was Kill Mala it was good that they fixed at half time except for Beaton who they let play an entire season <laughs> yeah, with the wrong, his, name, his wrong name it reminded me so much of uh, uh, a pal at school turned up for PE one time with a brand new Brazil kit so it would have been 94 or something like that that cracking strip with the, the badges and the kind of background with oh, the, the yellow uh, with the Roberto. collar he turned round and he had number 10 Romero <laughs> <laughs> and did that stick yes it did <laughs> getting the name in the back of his shirt wrong was maybe a sign of things to come because personally I thought this is a team uh, inclined at a very, very low level. Uh, admittedly, horrible pitch, horrible conditions. Yeah. Um, I thought this might have been a, a chance for Clamalla to impress. Mm, didn't do it. In their defence... I'm, I'm not going to judge him too harshly. No, no. I'm not yeah. going to judge him too harshly, but it was... He, he didn't seem on the same wavelength as a lot of the team, which you might expect for someone who's only been here for a wee while, but that's yeah. my takeaway from it. I think in in their defence and also against Kamala is that that pitch didn't look bad. I know it is uh, an artificial pitch and it, you know, there's no really, there's only so good they can be, but I thought that it looked decent. I think it's probably a council a council job that they've, yep. they've been set up with that. Uh, was it South Lanarkshire or something? North. North, North Lanarkshire, sorry. That's racist of me. Um <laughs> So, so it, it did look a decent pitch. However, they were played literally in a storm, and as we've alluded to, the pitch was covered in crisp, crisp packets. Stop eating! <laughs> Stop eating! You've had enough. Or put the packet in your pocket when you're done with it. It was a uh, back to the four-two-three-one, a formation that we're more familiar with. Um, but as I touched on earlier, I felt you know this was this was the game for me that I wanted to get a right good look at Clamala. Put it this way, I thought Bio looked better when Bio came on because mm. he, he seemed to be more in the same wavelength. Kamala was quite a lot of the time sitting deep, picking up pretty bizarre positions, not really making that much space for himself. I felt like he was, even though he was on the pitch for all of 75 minutes, he, he sort of struggled to get involved. He had that one good chance, but he, he really struggled to get himself involved in the game. Yeah, it was, it was difficult because you're... 
you've paid money for this striker, you're really, really wanting him to be good. You're up against a lower level opposition, so you think, look, if you can't look decent here, you might struggle. Yeah. It wasn't awful, it wasn't terrible, but you want more from him. And there was a couple other players as well, maybe could have staked a claim for a place, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt now. Horrible conditions, one good chance, but... Apart from that, he didn't have many chances created for him, so I can let my way with it. But it's early to say, but mm, worried. The only I, conditions you'd struggle to have worse conditions for the yeah. game to still survive. I was astonished when that the tweet came through that the game was still on. I was like, absolutely yeah. no chance. It's horrific out there. But in fairness, they, they managed to pull it together. So it is obviously we need to talk about the game because that's, that's our job on here. We're, we're Celtic podcasters, but it's very hard to talk about. And give it any context that isn't that doesn't fall under the umbrella, a floating umbrella in those conditions. <laughs> the, the, I think of, it was just a poor day to play football. Aye, because there's there's things you can watch about a player regardless of whether it's sunny, rainy, or whatever. Yeah, and you can watch the way his teammates are interacting with him. And there's times where I felt Klamala was playing his own game. You know, mm. you know, where Celtic players are used to maybe coming short, receiving the ball, looking for one twos, or as I alluded to in the Motherwell game. If you're going to hang about the box and you're going to make that space for yourself that Lee Griffiths does, you need to be a bit canny. You need to. I just yeah. thought. I just thought that he didn't really trouble the central defenders, and and these boys are. I mean, they're they're playing for Clyde. They're, they're, is Clyde part time? Yeah, what? yeah. I, League one, isn't it? Aye, yeah, more so. or less. So, I, I was looking for more. I was definitely looking for more. I was expecting him to bust onto the scene. Um, certainly, a lot of the reports that we got where you know he likes to chase down dead balls and close people down and all that. Didn't, didn't really see any of that I don't know mm. you know we can put it down to him having an off day but um, like Melly said you're looking for somebody to stake a claim another guy that's been brought in for the wilderness was Bolly Bowling Goalie Neil Lennon kind of said oh he's been left out to re find his form yeah. which basically means go and sit in the naughty step and think about what you've done <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and he was back I don't think Bolly was that bad no not, nah. nothing to write home about um, I thought it but, was the, the kind of performance he always puts in for the performance. I thought it was okay. Um nothing, nothing great, nothing I mean, he should have scored. There was one chance he absolutely should have scored. He came through and just kinda of slapped at it when really you just stick your laces through that man. Mm. He just he seems to get any decent positions to shoot but just completely go to pieces, no get the confidence in himself to shoot at all. I don't I don't know what it is, but um but Bolly Bolingoli is yeah I'm perfectly happy to see him back involved. What I would say on Klamala and the that kind of feeds into Bolingoli is Every, everyone out there, we don't need to have such strong opinions of Klamala just yet. It's, it's okay to, for people to be like, oh, you know what, I don't know yet. Because yeah. out there yeah. you, you get a lot of, oh, he's terrible, he's absolutely terrible, he's, you may as well write him off already. But the other side of the coin is you get people saying, oh, I thought he was outstanding, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And you get a wee bit of that with bowling goalie as well. It's understandable, it's a backlash to the backlash and so on and so forth. It's always kind of yeah. warring factions out there on certain players. No one wants to see anyone written off. But I think with Klamala, just, just yet, the fact is, I don't know yet. I've not yeah. really seen anything from him to make any kind of judgment whatsoever. I can maybe see what type of player he's going to be, but I, I simply can't judge. But he probably should have scored in the game he had one big chance but looking back he didn't do a huge amount wrong I think it was a good save and he should have scored it but there was nothing you would point out and go oh well, you've made a complete mess of it he did get it on target and it was a decent save and that's basically all I can find to say about Kamala is, is it's not very good yeah. content well, but let, let's, I don't know yet let's, right. let's roll it on to another day for yeah. you Patrick let's, exactly. let's yeah. roll it on to another day the Kamala the worry is that he didn't really stand out against part time opposition I thought 
yeah, okay, bowling goalie as well, done okay, Bauer done okay, set up one of the goals. But again, when uh, I think back to the game, Celtic's best players and Cham, Brown, El Yunusi, Forrest, they were the fo- the guys that were looked as if they were a level above. Yeah. Some of the rest of them didn't look clearly above the level they were playing against. And that, that's the only thing, bowling goalie done okay. But again, I was saying bowling goalie done okay for bowling goalie because we've seen the odd disaster from them. Yeah. I think they, sh- they should be standing out a bit more if they want to stake a claim for their place because guys like El Yunusi just looked miles above anything yeah. who was on the yeah. pitch. Yeah, and I was about to say, Encham definitely stood out. There yeah. was no Encham wild one sweepstake no. this week. It was ruined by a beautiful effort from outside the box. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. It was a great goal. But just before we talk about that though, and well in, on the subject of Encham and El Yunusi, that is true because the, the cliches about these games is that the conditions... And the pitch are levellers. But when you watch certain moments from Encham and Dale Yunus, you think, ah, oh, no, there's only yeah. so much levelling you can do. Yeah. And it's going to take more than one than a, a pish pitch to bring them down to the level of, of certain players. They still, they're still able to look much, much better. And it was great to see El Yunus back. Again, he's another one who should have scored. But as you've just said, Jimmy, Encham certainly did crack and finish. Yeah, he just worked it out on that left. He, he likes going over that left hand side, yeah, yeah. obviously, doesn't he? Works it inside, has a shot, probably. Takes the keeper by surprise, yeah, but yeah. maybe the wind as well takes it in. But keep him possibly should have done better, but decent finish from him. And it, uh, usually if it's like that, you might be in row double Z, but <laughs> it was in the back of the net today. It wasn't the best finish of the game. Definitely best finish of the game, Scott Brown. Easily. Slight yeah, tackling it in. Brilliant. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest of goals, but it did, did well to get it. Get it in from there, not the easiest. It's getting a bit, um, the, the Scott Brown goal jokes aside, it's a, it's a bit ridiculous that man has to play quite so much football now. Yeah. He's an experienced player, he's an experienced member of the Celtic team, Melly. He'll know his body better than anyone. I always hate that phrase, know your body, it's <laughs> creepy, isn't it? <laughs> I know, he, he'll be able to say, Neil Lennon, I'll sit this one out, boss, or know the day, boss, or how are you feeling? I am all right. Neil Lennon will be taking a steer for Scott Brown, so... You know, who are we to patronise Scott Brown? If Scott Brown says he's fit enough to play against Clyde and fit enough for the Hearts game and fit enough for the Aberdeen game, then surely we follow him on yeah, that I one. Yeah, I agree. Decision needs taken out of his hands on occasion because most players are like that. Most players are like, well, I'll, just, I'll play constantly. Again, I, we're finding tiny, tiny criticisms of a game that Celtic comfortably won. Yeah. But ideally, I would have liked to have seen Scott Brown, if he's going to start the game, maybe taken off at some point. I understand why he starts because away from his playing ability, what he brings leadership-wise and on the pitch, what he does, the talking and all that. But see when that's 2-0 at half-time and Clyde haven't threatened in the slightest of the odd shot from distance and you've got a guy on the bench who you've just spent money on and he's possibly the replacement for this guy. Why is he not getting on at all? Yeah. I want. Right. It's not a massive criticism, but I just want to see him because, again, like Lamar, I want to know if he's good or if he's pish. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know yet because we didn't get to see him against Clyde. Clyde of all places. Jamie's putting us off, everyone. That <laughs> is very difficult. There's, shena- there's shenanigans in the studio. <laughs> Melly, you are so professional there. Well done. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what he was doing. But you did see that Newcastle fan doing a very similar thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't that. Um, the tale of two strikers, when Bio came on, Bio has been pretty much, you know, harshly criticised. Um, 
on this podcast. Mm. Rightly so, you know. Well, I don't think we're alone in saying that Bio's not proved it. I thought this is Bio's best performance for Celtic. This this fifteen or so minutes he had, he was doing all the things that you want to see a Celtic striker do. He was coming short, giving and going, running. Was it, was it knocked off the top spot? Don't know, man. <laughs> don't, I, I don't know. This is you know you, you can sit there and slag Bio, right? Okay, one of the Thank most lethal strikers in the league. Oh yeah, in terms of. Um, Goals to minutes. Goals to minutes, aye, aye. He's sitting ahead of one Alfredo Morelos on goals right. to minutes. He's fourth go. in the league. Oh, imagine uh, Craig Levine hadn't stole those goals off him. Maybe flying. <laughs> I know. Top, he would. But he's still no scored in the league, of course. That's because he's only get one against was it, one against Thistle, one against Clyde. Oh, of course. So, oh, yeah, aye, he's aye. Yet, to, yet to trouble uh, top flight opposition yet. But uh, in this game, again, it's... It's much like Kamala is, I, I just, I don't know yet. The the thing with Kamala is he's just in the door. Bio's been here a year. Yeah, and Bio's tea is out. No, he's, he's not really done anything in that time. Again, I, I'm not, not saying I've written him off, but there are certain certain pieces of evidence I would point to and suggest that something's quite not quite right there. And it's not, again, I say it all the time, like people are fixated on talking about projects and all that. Bio's 23 years old. He's, he's probably not going to get much better than he already is. Obviously, there are tweaks that can be made at that age, but he's not going to suddenly blossom into this amazing player if you're if that's where you are at that age. Again, people will be out there rolling their eyes at me saying, well, it's too harsh. But what I would say is, he's been here a year. Celtic seemed desperate to get a striker in January and they got one in Klamala when really, if the case was that all you need to do is just play Bio more, then he'll get yeah. better. Yeah, no, why, didn't, why didn't they just do that instead of playing saying Klamala? Again, I'm all, I'm only speculating at the time, but this is this is my platform, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I will speculate to my heart's content. But uh, I, could, I thought he was I thought he was fine in this game. I thought his movement actually looked pretty good. Huh? The, That's what I was getting at. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It must be quite annoying for Klamala. He's been on all that time, apart from the one he gets put through, which was a a decent through ball. He didn't really have anything to work with. Whereas Bio comes on for 15 minutes and could have had a hat-trick with the, yeah. the three decent chances he had. Obviously, he did get the goal, which, to be fair to him, was really good moving. You talked about Lee Griffiths taking that wee step forward and then back, and Bio did the exact same. And I said it in my late match, he is absolutely deadly just outside that six-yard box with an open goal, and he just bang <laughs> yeah. back of the net. But he did, he did all right. He had a one-on-one that he really should have finished, and he did another strike, which... He, he could cut inside. He could, yeah. The ball gets stuck in, under his feet, sort of thing. But I think we can maybe put that down to the weather for being generous. Too much. The weather's getting the blame for an awful lot <laughs> yeah. in this podcast. See if you had to finish the season with only Bio or Klamala and you had to make that choice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Schrodinger's uh, striker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Maybe bio. I, I'd take bio. Yeah, would you? I, I'd go Would yeah. you? I don't. I don't know if he's gash yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Bio. I, I, all I can say about in this game, he did everything right, apart from the two chances he, he missed. He's getting. But he created them for himself. Yeah, he's getting any decent positions. I know that's a kind of tired old cliche. They used to say that about Harold Bratt back. Yeah. You know, he's getting any all the right positions. The goals are going to come. Never did. <laughs> Still waiting twenty years for those. But um, still a hero. Yeah, still he is. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like. We started at square one with Bio, we went to square two, and then now we're back at square one. We've not really gone very far on the Bio journey, but I'm perfectly happy for him to get more chances. Uh, We also saw the emergence of the lesser-spotted Marianne Schved. Um, He got the cameo that we talk about, Mm. Neil Lennon cameo, five minutes. A lot of press about Schved recently, a lot of people wanted to see him. Neil Lennon basically saying, the guy's got talent, but he's just not really working out for us. Um, he's saying a lot of things about him Lennon and some of it's not really adding up because he, he, t- he talked about how great he'd been in training how Dubai had been brilliant for him 
And he was just like, I don't basically. really believe I'm Lenny is the best <laughs> a lot of the time. I know he was ready to go, and then about two weeks later, now he's he's been left at the Europa League squad because he's not he's struggling in training and he doesn't speak English and he's not at the level of everyone else. So it's it's a bit bit of an odd tale so far, Fred. Um, but again, much like Bio, much like Kamala, I'm happy for the guy to get to get chances. If he's going to be a good player, he can never have too many of those. But he needs to kind of like Bio. He's been here a long time now. He needs to start kicking yeah. on at some point. That was the again the frustration, sorrow on the bench. We don't get to see him, even though you're two 0 up at half time. Even sixty minutes, give him half an hour, see what he can do. And to the, for the first sub to be Johnny Hayes, we had Johnny Hayes and Greg T on the bench. So I know I'm not Johnny Hayes' biggest fan, but what are we going to learn from playing Johnny Hayes against Clyde? We brought him on for James Forrest. Delighted to get James Forrest off the pitch and give him a bit of a rest. Yeah, but that's the position Marion Shred plays. Mm. We don't know if he's good or not yet. Why didn't he just go I don't see what doing bringing Johnny Hayes on. Why wasn't Karamoko on the bench or something? Well, no, but he's probably sitting there he's looking at his bench because, you know what, Johnny, wait, you want to run out? On you go. That's, that's probably all it comes down to. He's, Neil Lennon could go and go to get... He probably already knew that he was going to bring Shved on anyway. I just... I think people are... Because you're saying what a lot of people are saying on social media, like, where's Shved? Where's Shved? Oh, FF Johnny Hayes I'm like people are like really Johnny Hayes averse at the moment Just it's not like... Johnny Hayes averse if it had been another winger that came on but we all know what these wingers can do we don't know what Shved can do oh, we don't know we... what Neil Lennon does but what's the point in bringing him on for 10 minutes when you could have had him on for a well that's longer? it that's a, that's a conversation we had earlier on about you know what is the point of these cameos this 5 minutes here 10 minutes yeah. there 8 minutes 7 it doesn't make any sense whatsoever no, if he brings me. him on for longer and he doesn't have a good game Neil Lennon can then say well I put, I put him on and he wasn't very good but giving him 10 minutes you're not going to learn anything from that I agree. You did make the the brown joke earlier on about his goals, but that's five for the season. And as with cup specialist, yeah, discussed on a previous episode, his best ever scoring season was seven back in 0809, which makes me feel old. <laughs> um, took him thirty one games to get to five in that season. It's forty three, which marks this true decline of Scott Brown. <laughs> <laughs> there must be there must played be forty three games this season. Yep. <laughs> there must be a lot of players having their top scoring seasons for Celtic at the moment. McGregor's on it. Yep. Brown. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. He's going for it. I'm talking yeah. about by the time we reach the end of the season. Edward Forrest. Edward Forrest. Not bad. The games yeah. are nicely spread. Christie could do it as well. Yeah. Oh, I Christie. Christie probably already has. Yeah. yeah. Christie, of course, who we all I think thought would get Player of the Year at the beginning of our at the beginning of the season on our bold predictions. Yeah. Broadwood's got a lot of um, a lot of fond memories for me. I used to go quite a lot back in my my brother played there for a few seasons, made over a hundred appearances. All that old, old Gary goals, <laughs> um, and just but a, a lot of fond memories there uh, because this is this is deadly serious. Players I've seen in the flesh at Broadwood Broadwood Stadium, we pokey Broad, well far too big Broadwood, but it's still, it's far know, too big. <laughs> this is all this is all deadly true, right? So we're talking World Cup winners, we're talking Champions League winners. I've seen. Rud van Nistelrooy, Juninho, Roy Keane, George Alberts, weirdly, because they turned it for Clyde a few times in the oh, mid-2000s. Paul Scholes, Ryan Giggs, Gary Bolin, <laughs> <laughs> Craig Bellamy, Ian Black. Oh, aye. <laughs> so, I was trying to do that by a straight face. I would have made the joke better, but Ian Black played. <laughs> so, Stefan Onshow, Gerard Piquet and Kirk Broadfoot. I've I, seen them all. I've seen the, the who's who of you, European football. You missed that a World Cup winner. 
Oh, Cleverson. Yeah, Cleverson. Well, well, That's two World, Cup, two World Cup winners? Three. Three? Three World Cup winners because Janino and oh, Cleverson and Gypsy. So three World Cup winners, all at Broadwood. That's, that's <laughs> on How team. many European Cup winners? Oh, well, Off the top of your head, you couldn't possibly well, tell most me, but of that, a lot. A, a lot, lot of that Man United team. team. Lambert as well, obviously. Um, had, had Cleverson played. could have signed for the hoops as well, didn't he? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we were linked with him. The year that Bal put us out with a Gria deal, apparently, because we're out of the Champions League, we had to pull the plug. Probably a bullet dodged on that one because he never travelled well old Cleverson did he and one of his uh, claims to fame obviously just mentioned him my brother Gary Arbuckle he nutmegged Cleverson in that friendly mm-hmm. play again so yeah any, any excuse to wheel that one <laughs> <laughs> nutmegged a World Cup winner <laughs> and on that bombshell we shall end thanks to everyone who listens every week downloads leaves us reviews tweets us thanks especially to the people that support us on Patreon um, and before we go we'd be remiss of us not to mention um, the news that Jackie McNamara was rushed into hospital today so as we record this we don't really know any of the facts just that no, just there's, there's been a few tweets about it yeah he's um, been seriously ill apparently we don't really know much about it we've just sat down basically just as the news was breaking we sat down to record so yeah an alarming one we didn't want to mention it up top and basically put us all in a, a downer for the these, podcast, these things but, are far too serious for our silly yeah, yeah, podcast exactly, but, but obviously we all wish you the best get yeah, well soon get well soon Jackie hope all the best and on that we shall end thanks for listening Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.